Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, along with producer Corey. And we have got a very special guest for you. Before I get into that and reveal who that guest is, got a little bit of a read from our guys, Mojo, the sports stock market. And look, at Mojo, NFL draft is coming up. NBA playoffs are coming up. You can invest in these superstars and these up-and-coming, maybe number one draft pick, whether it's Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, you can invest in those players like their stocks. Take a long-term position. You don't have to worry about betting on them on a night-in, night-out basis. Set it and forget it and just watch that money go up. So you can actually sign up with my promo code, Delera, D-E-L-L-E-R-A-125. With a $25 deposit, you get $125 in credit. And you can put that into whoever you think is going to be the number one draft pick in the NFL draft. So that's Mojo. The link is in my Twitter bio. You can sign up there. And it's for New Jersey residents. If you're having any difficulties, shoot me a DM. It's a lot of fun. It's a great way to invest. But speaking of investing, we've got a really, really awesome investor in the props market today. We've got Prop Bomb on, guys. He is our special guest. Prop Bomb, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Joe. Um, for those who are unaware, this is actually my first, I guess, guest podcast appearance. So very, it feels very special to be on here right now, guys. And uh, I'm looking forward to an awesome conversation. Yeah, man. It only took you like 100,000 followers almost to hop on a pod. <laughs> so congrats, prelated congrats on that. So I know you're, you're closing in on that. It's a big milestone for you. Um, but I wanted to get you on because I know that you're always, you've always been on Twitter. I know you just joined us at the Action Network. So that's been really awesome kind of getting to see you in the Slack and getting to talk in like different forms uh, and seeing you write some little bit longer form articles. But Twitter is always what, like 140 characters, 240 characters. If you got the check mark, you can do a little bit extra. But, you know, it's this. I felt like this would be a cool opportunity to kind of pick your brain and like get a little bit of long form out of you. So, um, you know, obviously you've been a prop better for a while, but what kind of got you started into the prop market as opposed to like spreads? Because I know you're not really a spread guy. Okay, so actually where it all started from, so to show my age here, I'm in my mid twenties. Okay. So where it all started was from, I don't know, Joe, if you're familiar with the app streak for the cash. On oh his- yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, that, kind of that where was it, crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like all oh, where it all started. I mean, at that time when it first came out, I mean, the cash prices were like 50 K. It was like actually pretty serious back in the day. Yeah. And I was just like a sophomore junior in high school and I had a couple of buddies that were in my friend group and how basically how that app works is it's it's pretty much like propositions. I mean, it's for anything, lacrosse, yeah. football. I mean, it was random German, German soccer. I mean, anything, yeah. like anything, anything. Badminton. <laughs> <laughs> and the goal is you have to just continue to win and you build a streak. So uh, um I was doing that with a couple of buddies. Like we would just chip in 20 bucks from the pot. Whoever gets the highest streak at the end of the month gets the whole money. And um, that's kind of was like the introduction to like the whole like sports interest for me. Yeah. And, and then I, mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's a cool way to like get rolling. But the, and then you obviously got that that evolved into something yeah, yeah. more serious. So then so then, yeah. So, Joe, so then the next thing that happened was that um, FanDuel and DraftKings went public. This is like 2016, 2017-ish. I'm, yeah, I'm right sure. around so was, then. 
I was like, I think in a, I think like sophomore, junior year in college for me. Um, and that, and what I was doing was essentially daily fantasy sports at the time. This is before like player props were a thing. And I mean, it was like a daily grind. So like, just, I would, um, set my lineup. I mean, look at value, no one to buy high, sell low kind of a thing. Um, and I, and I was kind of doing that for two or three years until, um, the optimizers kind of came into play. And, and those are kind of like the computer generated things that people use to kind of like, um, you know, just help in with research. And as soon yeah. as the, that kind of came into play, it kind of ruined the edge with daily fantasy sports. So I kind of wanted to transition into something else. And then uh, the player props is, is, is kind of where I went. Um, and it was really, the transition was really easy for me because like I studied the daily fantasy sports statistics. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was able to transition into player props at the time. My, my name on Twitter, I actually was on Twitter. It was, it wasn't prop bomb. It was DFS bomb. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so then I was like, I didn't know I was kind of in the DFS space. So yeah, the transition was a little weird, but then I got into the play prop space and then I changed my name to DFS prop bomb. Okay. Um, and then at that time too, like uncut gems was, was a Netflix. Oh, I remember. Yeah. 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 I heard that yeah. whole deal. So, <laughs> um, that's crazy though. But so then you obviously decided to cut down your name to prop bomb. Cause you could only use, yeah, so I mean, you don't want to have that many characters in your name either. So yeah, it just like, it was like, is your initials DFS or something? Like, it's not even my initials. Dorian so Finney-Smith. Like, yeah, no, no, I'm not Dorian Finney-Smith. It sounds kind of so. dirty. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so that's all. That's kind of cool, though, because I feel like I like I played a lot of fantasy sports as well. Not as much DFS stuff, but just regular fantasy sports. Yeah. And I feel like it really helps you find these, like, niche guys. But I also think the prop betting gives you, like, some really interesting angles when you're to playing your own fantasy sports right so exactly. i guess like when you're doing this like you're bringing that kind of edge that looks a little bit different of new like different nuance to your capping like taking the fantasy stuff the daily stuff in terms of finding like ceiling guys or floor guys and like yep. knowing what their projections are right so like i think one of the things that's most interesting like i've had guys on here like i've had and you know them it's like brian versus the book's been on birdman's been on monotone's been on like just to name oh my like guys a few, yeah. all those guys yes like they've all been on and like everybody kind of has slightly different things that they like yeah. to use to cap what's like your favorite tool i guess like this isn't a free ad but like what do you like to do like when you kind of when you kind of look at the slate Okay, so my my favorite kind of like angle to attack with player props, yeah, is uh, is forecasting. Honestly, like okay. is it's like is situations where tonight, example, Drew Holiday and Giannis are both out, yeah, and Chris Middleton really doesn't have that many minutes this season with the new with with the players that he's sharing on the court with. So there's really not that much of an edge and data that books can use to really like set these lines. So these lines sure. aren't really super sharp. Yeah. So that's kind of like I I use um I use what's called a court IQ sponsored by Roto Grinders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's essentially like you can just like filter on and off for these players and you can kind of see like their usage rate changes and their, you know, 
rebound percentage changes and assist percent changes. So I I'm that's kind of like where I think I stand out a lot with is just like knowing when to fo- forecast and also like in another sense too buying low and selling high on players too. Like a hundred percent. Like it's a little narrative based. It's like what yeah. is the public perception of this guy? Like right at this moment, like do people like him or do they think he's hot? Like oh this guy's in the band list. As soon as I hear people saying this guy's no, on the band yeah, list, I'm like I want to bet him. I want to bet him like as soon as yeah, people yeah. start saying that. Um, I, I think that that's really interesting. And I think it's kind of one of those like cool markets. So like, obviously you bet you do a lot of football, you do a lot of basketball. Um, and you, I know you started dabbling a little bit with MLB last season, but that was really kind of like your first shot at it. Um, do you have, do you have like a favorite player prop itself to play like points, rebounds, assists, like that you're like, I love this prop or do you just not discriminate? Um, you know, Last season, I, I definitely was all over the place as far as props, but I mean, I think I've I've found the most success personally with just points prop because yeah. I think they're just like the points over and under. I just think like there, it's definite with it. It's like not subjective, like a rebound, oh, or like a yeah. team rebound. You know what I mean? Or like an assist where it's like the guy takes three steps instead of two. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think the points props have been. Um, the ones that I try to lead towards taking. No, and, uh, I, yeah. I, I, to- I totally get that. I feel like we've all been burned so many times. Like, yeah. Just this year, like even in the past week, it's like, dude, what, what is this? Like, how is that not a rebound? So yeah, no, I don't want to like, yeah, have to deal with all that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's really brutal. Unless you got the under, then it, then it's great. But um, I, I was, I wanted to talk to you about like, when I look at props, like I look at this stuff and I always think about it as, like math right so um and like it's it's like yeah like i think that this guy should go over this number but it's like does i don't always take into consider that into consideration i'm like well like this is just not like the math doesn't math right like the odds like the probability doesn't line up with whether or not this should happen or not and like it's not necessarily a good price and i know that like people a lot of times are afraid with laying juice and Mm -hmm. like do you do you like care about the juice like at a certain point are you just like this is just too much juice like like there's just no prop that i'm gonna play that like has this like there's just no way i'm gonna play this that's actually a great question joe um earlier on in the season i really didn't care juice wise but like it really does affect your roi in the long run if like these props may seem like you have an edge if it's like minus 170, but you never know what can happen. And like an injury or one small injury can really burn you. So it really does depend, honestly. Like, I think for me these days, the, the highest I'll go juice wise is like minus 150. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I try to I try to keep it between uh, minus 115 to minus 130 on the normal. That's fair. And then like, I know. I've seen you do it. And like, I know other people do it too, yeah. where like you add in or like try to find like a correlated leg sometimes. And yeah. you're like, okay, well like this now works, right? Like what's your, I guess like, what's your thought process? Like if you could like help other people to like understand, like if they were looking for something them- themselves, like how do you find that correlation between like the prop and then like whatever the other leg is that you want to like throw in there to bring it down to something that's palatable, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, monotone on Twitter, monotone uh, football is really good with these two legs. He's oh, like, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, what he told me too is just like ha- try to try to have it really correlated. 
Um, I saw a play tonight. It was like Reggie Bullock, two plus three pointers in the Dallas Mavericks to win. Right. right now, Reggie Bullock's line is two. It was set uh, at over two and a half three pointers. Sure. And the Dallas Mavericks was like minus 700 money line. Yeah. So I I believe it was uh, MJC Locks who was on that. But like that. But this is what I mean, though. So it's like taking an adjusted line, like one three pointer lower and then adding in Mavericks money line. Like that's a good way of using a two leg. And then you got like minus 120 odds on that. Um, But like the Mavs should theoretically beat, you know, a a team that's missing three starters. But then, you know, Reggie Bullock's two plus three pointers is like minus six, minus two thirty, you know? Yeah. So you add those two, add those two legs together. And there you got like really good EV and, and a higher percentage chance of that hitting. So I think that answers your question, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of getting there. Cause like, I know like one of the things that I like to do too, is like, I'll say like, well, like when, how does this player perform in like wins? How does this player perform? in Okay. Losses? Yeah. I see what you're saying. And yeah. then I think that it was easier. I felt to do in baseball, honestly. And it's something I learned from Brian versus the books. And like the way that we were doing it there was with strikeout props. Right. Because like, Oh yeah. 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 Right? Or, yeah. Cause like, it's like, Oh, like this guy, he's gonna, his lines at five and a half. But if I take him down to five, and I say that the team is going to win, it kind of yeah. makes sense because it's like when this guy throws a lot of strikeouts or like when he hit, seems to hit this, then this team seems also yeah. seems to win. So it kind of, it kind of worked out that way. But I do think that there is like a ton of value in like those types of correlated parlays. And I think like what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And like for the listeners, like to say like, Oh, like that's a way that I could get this prop that I yeah, yeah. really like at like a better price. Right. So, um, like, I know that one of the things that like I always talk about and I never, like you literally never do it and it's because they're not correlated, but it's like when you see like these parlays and like they're builders, but then like, it's like a minus 300 prop from this game, a minus 300 prop from this game. And I'm like, well, it's tougher because they're not interrelated, you know? And it's like with the the implied odds, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, I know that people have success in that. And that's like whatever they're doing obviously is working, but I think it's hard for the average viewer to like, say like, Oh, I can just pick like minus 300 props in like four games and it's going to hit, you know? Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with you, man. I think it's really important too that, that this is being discussed educationally wise, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I do that. I like, I definitely did the alt K and win line for MLB. Like you mentioned a lot. That was yeah. you know, a lot of things. A fun I, one. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, last night, if you guys, uh, I don't know when this is going to come out, but I did a one Thursday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean, like it was when the Clippers uh, played the, what team they play. Anyways, I had a 1.5 unit. Oh, prop. that came back. Yeah. That yeah, came back. I mean, See, like the thing is, is like Westbrook's regular assist line was set at six and a half and it was actually juiced at minus 140. Yeah. Instead, what I did was like, yeah, I mean, this is a clear this is a clear must win spot for the Clippers. I just took an, the assist line one lower and then I added the win and I got it even that like better odds. So like I, I definitely practice that a lot. And I definitely think like you should if you want to do two legs, do it that way. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Like just trying to find spots where you're saying like, well, when this happens, this also tends to happen. Um, And it kind of like helps the probability in your favor, especially because a lot of times 
depending on the builder, like you'll actually see them like either knock you off sometimes for that, like for finding correlation or sometimes like they'll actually like it doesn't register properly. And it's like, let's say there's minus 110 odds, right? Like on a two leg parlay, like each leg's minus 110. Yeah. Um, I think your standard odds on that are what, like 236 on a parlay or some, something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. So sometimes like you'll actually get that on a two leg parlay, like a same game parlay, but they're correlated. So it's like, it should really be maybe like plus 180. And like, yeah. you're not, you're getting even greater EV. And a lot of times you can see that by line shopping it. So it's like, I know you do it. Like you're always, you're like popping between FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars. Yeah, like yeah, everything. Yeah. It's so important. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how, like, I understand like loyalty, like some of the loyalty rewards and stuff like that. And like from each yeah. of these things, but there's really no loyalty here. Like you got to just go find the best spots for yourself. I think. I don't know, but yeah, personally though, like I try to do straight props just by itself. I, yeah. I, at this point, like I really do want to have all my followers be able to take the line, you know, like some followers yep. may have an offshore book where they can't do that, you know, like they can't exactly. take a line. So I think my goal, you know, these days is just to have everyone being able to play the same line. I get it. And, you know, yeah. And I think that that's something that's been awesome. And I think you've been doing honestly even better with that after jo like fr since joining like action, like, even, yeah, yeah. You know, like I think it's, your role. it's definitely forced me to, to, to have like certain uh, props in that sense. Yeah. Cause you're just like, look, like this is good. This is a popular player. Like I know that this line's not going to be maybe as volatile until maybe you put it out, but like, yeah. you know, like we see that happen. But uh, I, I think that it's, it's really cool to be able to get it out there. And I think getting it out in like the tweet form is difficult, like to have to condense everything down. And then it's like talking about it long form is one thing. Yeah. That's, a whole, about it yeah, that's a whole exercise, man. Like the whole, like that it's, it's literally like gymnastics right there. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it's really cool though. Like when I back then, back in the days before, like the Twitter, before the the tweet lanes got to like three hundred characters, where yeah, it is now, now, whatever it is, yeah. I would just like type out the full, like my maybe 200, 250 words, and I and then you would like see me, okay, and I'll I'll do the and sign instead of saying a n d or like I'll do yeah. uh, instead of it saying average, I'll be like a v g period. You know, like mm -hmm. I was like shorten the words, and like I always tend to in the end like in the end just come out with exactly zero characters remaining somehow so that's kind of somehow. Like, that's somehow some way you know yeah i'm like looking for spaces to delete i'm like do i need that period do they understand exactly this yeah it's, it's just all <laughs> efficiency essentially yeah that's the best we can do um but I, I know like when we're looking at the slate, right. And like, we're, look, we're like Wednesday's normally like a big NBA slate. Yeah, definitely. And like, I try to watch as many games as I can. It's yeah. hard. Like, cause yeah. I know like you have a real, like, like a real day job. Like I have a real I day live in job, the Eastern like, coast, man. Like we, yeah. we both live in the Eastern coast. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Like it's tough to watch all these games, like football. One thing you can watch red zone. You can watch a lot more of like everything, like can have like almost a better grip on it. Like, do you, how do you how do you consume your basketball content because i don't think you're not somebody that just bets it on the numbers you're watching the game you're understanding the game like you hoop like you know what's going on yeah yeah how important do you think that is to actually handicapping and betting on basketball okay yeah i was gonna naturally like talk about this without you saying it but i'm <laughs> glad you did um the biggest lesson that i've learned 
compared to last season is to not look at the box score as your only research tool. Yeah. And I say that you need to really watch the games like like the games add so much so many different layers to to research like different defensive schemes or like different you know Paul George could be getting doubled in the fourth quarter and like the box score will show that he had 28 points but he had 26 in the third quarter and only two in the fourth you know it's like you yeah. really have to watch these games and understand the narrative and the story that happens beginning to end um but then at the same time, like there's so many games on, you know, it's like, yeah, I have to go to the gym. I have to do others, go eat dinner, everything. Yeah. Just like, you got to live. Like, <laughs> like I have to, you know, I have to have a life. So um, I think like the best way I, I do with digesting it, I'm definitely watching all the games. But so what I do, I have League Pass and League Pass yeah. has um, 10 minute condensed games. I love those. I love Yeah. Them. Yeah. So, so like, I'll, I'll try to do those. And um I wish I can give you the 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 name of the channel, but normally, like if you search like a player's name and then you type in like okay, Jaden Ivy, like Nuggets, yeah, there are certain channels that are dedicated to only his plays of the game. No, like, you're right. Just, like, yeah, yeah, it's like no. all possessions for him. Like it'll, it'll even show you when he grabs a rebound. Like it's only hit. It's like 50 seconds long. And it's just all Jaden Ivy. That's sick. Those- <laughs> it's it's awesome though, because like like then you're right, because it's like sometimes. Some players I literally never, ever, ever bet on. Like, I just don't like there's too many. Like, you just yeah, you, yeah. you can't like it's 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 an impossibility. Right. So, like, I think that being able to watch some of the games or like I'm a Knicks fan. I know you're a Miami Heat fan. Big Heat fan yeah. Um, So Heat culture. Uh, but I know like you kind of get to see other players like after they play your team. Right. So it's like, oh, like I, I didn't really like I didn't really think about this guy as being important. And then it's just somebody that kind of you like keep in the back of your head. Like, even if it's not something you're going to bet on, but you're just like, Oh, like I remember him. Like that was a problem there. Right. So, but I think that's why it's so important to watch the game. You need to, you need to watch the game. That's so important. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. So Joe, so also like another thing too, like on that same note, yeah, not only like watching the games, but if you listen to the press conferences after like what the coaches say about the certain players, like, I'm a big Heat fan, and Spolstra lately has been talking about Cody Zeller and how much in the second unit he's hustling. They like they they love him, and it's like you know you want to see how um, these coaches talk about players, whether it's bad or good, and that can kind of like you can kind of take hints from those types of conversations and use that into like a narrative that you want to play on when the next game that they play. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. So I think that that's like, I think that's where like your fandom comes in and it's just like, look, I'm not betting on this market. And that's like part of responsible betting though. Right. It's like, you're just not betting on a market because you're just like, Oh, like I like, obviously like if you want, if you guys want to tell us, like go for it. Like we're like experts, (laughs) you know, like this is what we do. Like, right. But like, it's one thing if you just go into a game and you're just like, well, like, the Lakers are on today. Like, I want to bet on this game. And you just are like looking at it and you're like, I don't know who any of these players are. I don't know any of these matchups. Like, yeah. it's 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 really hard to just go in and do that. Um, like, and that's where it's like if you're doing it for entertainment, like sure, like do whatever you want. But like, I'm always kind of in the and I'm sure you are like, if I'm gonna bet on something, like I'll at least do like a Twitter search, like I'll check action exactly, network. Man. I'm like, yeah. did somebody cap this game? And then be like, all right, yeah, like here it is, like this is how I want to do it. So I think that. I think that you're right in that like you there's just so many different little tools or different angles you can look at 
that kind of makes it really, really interesting. And there's so many more layers to it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know like we're getting down to the end of the NBA regular season. And I wanted to ask you, like, is there anything that you like, are there any spots that you're just like, eh, like I'm not going to play that game because like, there's like this going on, like rotation wise, or like, I'm not going to play this game because I think they're going to rest guys or, or whatever the situation is. Like, are those some, are those some spots? Are there any spots that you're kind of like, or teams that you're just like not banned, but just like, I'm going to take a pause from them for a little bit until I figure out what they're doing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it goes both sides too. Like, so from the, from one side, there are teams that are extremely motivated and are competing for playoff spots. Yeah. And you want to target the starters more than the bench players because they're going to be playing them more minutes. And then on the other end, it's the teams like the Houston Rockets. I mean, the Utah Jazz at this point, which is crazy because like they were like 10 and five to start the season or something like that. It's something nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Utah Jazz, um, down the stretch, like, five to 10 games left in the season. If these competing teams are facing these like tanking teams, I'm not going to really take those competing teams like starters because it's like, they're going to want to rest for more meaningful games, you know? And also like the tanking teams, like maybe I'm more lean to take like tonight, Tari Eason. This is a guy that's like been in the bottom of the rotation. Now, like really, it doesn't really matter anymore. So the coaches are kind of wanting to see where he's at for next season. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's 100%. Like, and like we both like that spot. Granted, he has he's got a lot of fouls right now. I don't now. know what he's at. Now. Must, yeah. He's got four fouls in like 3 minutes, so it's been a little Literally bit rough. doing his best like Tony Snell impersonation right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's got as many points as fouls right now. But um so it, but you know, I think I think you're right though. There, there's so many spots like that. And then you're Another point, and it's something that we always talk about, like Matt says it a lot, uh, Matt Moore says yeah. it a lot, Brandon Anderson says it a lot. Um, teams tank, organizations tank, yeah. players don't. So it's like these players, they're going to still be playing hard. Um, it's just like they're not, they're either not as good or they just haven't had the opportunity. And I think that's where a lot of value can be found. Cause like I know yep. last season during COVID, um, we didn't like we we wouldn't talk in the way that we talk now, but like you know, I noticed that like both of us were like big fans of like Yurt Seven, right? Like we Yurt Seven, Garrison, yeah, Matthews, loved him. Like, uh, and there's so many opportunities on these guys with like COVID and injuries and like exactly, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's where I feel like you're a big Miami Heat fan. You're like I I have my finger on the pulse of this team. Like I know who's going in. Like I know like if this guy's on the injury report or I think this guy might sit. Like would you hit Struess the other day? Like and you, the line moved by like like a hundred points. You uh, saw that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he was announced the starter. I got his line at like minus one forty. See, like that's an example you said earlier. Like yeah. that's a certain play where it's like even that even if that was like minus one sixty and he's starting, I'm taking the juice on that just because of the opportunity. Because you, you know. know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you you're watching the game. Like, do you like, and like, that's a spot that you have like in your head, just circled away. You're like, whenever yeah. this happens, this is the play. Right. Do you have like, like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, do you have like those plays sometimes we're just like, this is an auto play. Like it doesn't like, I know that like when this guy sits, this is the play. Like every time, unless the line moves dramatically. 
Um, I definitely do on the top of my head. I can't really name them. Right only Struis. Only Struis. Like Struis, <laughs> though. Yeah. Because I know you were, I knew you smacked that like before it was even, it like hit the market and you were on it. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. It's like, so the more times that these players get ruled out, the more minutes that are getting logged for these new players that are stepping yep. into the role, and the more edge you do lose, actually, because the books do see like the minutes. So this is, a, that's kind of like the tricky part. You know, 100%. yeah, and it's like there. I think there's some value, right? So, like, I've had this conversation before, but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on it. Um, a lot of times, like you've kind of mentioned, the books are able to adjust, like yeah. as games go on, right? So, like, Tyus Jones has been interesting because the books this have is a good not one. Really, you're saying they yeah. have not really adjusted properly, in my yeah. opinion. They've moved some of the lines, but not all of them, right? Um, but the value is dramatically different. So, like. Yeah. Last so we're recording this went Tuesday night. So last night, right? His double double was plus two seventy. Then in their last game against the Clippers, um, oh that's who the Clippers came back against was the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, but in their last game against the Clippers, he got a double double. It was plus four seventy. So some of these players, like I've had this conversation where I'm like, look, if you think you're right, and like you know what the angle is you should be hammering it the first time because yeah. you might not get that line again because yep. of what like the value is, right? Like, is that something that you tr- want to do? Or like, cause I know you don't normally do more than one unit plays. So is that something that you like, like to do sometimes or like, or are you just like, look, I know I have an edge. My yeah, bankroll. Ma- my, yeah. Like my bankroll management to me is like, even if I think this play is a 10 out of 10, like I just like to bet this at my normal amount of risk because I don't want to like bias myself. All right. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. You're, you're talking about back then uh, when Curry was ruled out, you would always auto bet like Jordan pool turnovers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me last season, now that like, now that I'm thinking about it, a play that I really was a cash cow for me was Tomas Sadoransky. <laughs> Tomas oh, Sadoransky over. <laughs> just pulled that out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. But um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, like Tomas Sadoransky over four and a half assists. And it was like I kept nailing that for like five straight games. And the yeah. books would never change it. And it's like it's a system play, you know? Yeah. So it's like what I'm saying too is like when you get one of those angles, or like yeah. if you're like especially I think the question is really more like in the first game, right? So like the first time you saw Sadoransky at four and a half assists, did you look at it and you're like I know this is wrong, but mm. should I hammer it? Or do I just play this at like what my normal amount of risk is? Because that's the way like oh, you I like to manage saying. your bankroll. You know I what I mean? What saying. Yeah. Depends on the situation. Look, if um if I forecast like it's a new situation and the projections are like where where I see it is a lot yeah. higher than what it should be. Yeah, I'll put a unit on it. Most of the times I will watch it on the sidelines and just like let it play to see if I was right. And then yeah. attack it the next game with yeah. confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. Cause that's like that's yeah, yeah. what I was getting at. Cause like I'm a little bit more risk. Like I like to, I like I will yeah. risk. I like I'm a little bit riskier in like what I do. Like I play a lot more alts. I play a lot more like yeah, like triple doubles, like weird plus money things. And like I know, but then that that obviously has risks associated with it. And you have yeah. to be like able to stomach. I that saw type you wrong like, too. You were on like Austin Reeves the other day with like the six plus assists, by the way, amazing hit. So thank you. Sir. I know what you're saying, man. <laughs> yeah. Cause 
And so that's actually a great example though, because like Reeves, when I put it out there, right, the line was two and a half and it was like a juice two and a half. We laid the juice, then we took the ladder, right? So then for last night's game against the Grizzlies, his line to open was four and a half at plus one thirty. So like yeah. the 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 numbers there, like it's all the, yeah, the gone, numbers right? gone now. So it's yeah. like some of those spots, I think it's tough. Granted, like that number is gone, I think, in part because he went so far over the two and a half. So they're like, well, because he had eight. So they're like, well, we got to move this now. But like, you know, it's like if he had three or if he had four, then maybe they don't move it the same way. Right. So like that's where it's always so interesting. Like in that first game, like, do I hammer it or do I just like maybe just play it in one unit and be like, OK, with like maybe missing an opportunity in the future? Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? it, it- it's a bit, I know what you're saying. It's a bit of FOMO, fear of missing out for sure. Yeah. Um. I think, yeah, I think at the end of the day, man, I think like it just comes down to confidence in what your outlook is like yeah. before, before the books realize, you know, that they're definitely wrong in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, like, it, like the Austin Rivers thing, like you seemed very confident in that and it makes sense that you did that. But there are some plays where it's like, you definitely have a good lean but it's yeah. probably uh, that's just my nature. I'm very like risk adverse. I'm not really yeah. too much of a risky person. I mean, it's just who I am. But yeah, I mean, like it just depends. Like I, I'll also at the same time, it's not the end of the world if you just sit it out. No, you know, you're it's not. not. Gonna... <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's really not. So I think I think that I think what you're saying makes a ton of sense. And, and like, I think honestly, like it makes more sense. Like if you're very confident to do almost like what I did, where it's like, you ladder it and you just are like, look, yeah. like, I don't think that this guy is going to just hit this. Like he's going to go way over because this line's going to be gone. Like he's going to be, he's going to go so far over. Yeah. I'm never going to get to bet this line again. So yeah. like, if you're in that boat, maybe you ladder it. If you're just like, I ah, like, I think this is the play, but I need to see it. Then yeah. like, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like you don't have to bet everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not the best feeling if you were dead spot on and it, <laughs> You know, it didn't trust me. It's happened to me many times, but I'd rather just personally, I'd rather win money just with more confidence than just like with kind of unknown and uncertainty, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I wanted to do is while we have you for a minute, I want, I know like when, like I mentioned before, Wednesday's like a big slate and I know you haven't really looked too much yeah. at the Wednesday slate. Is there a game that you want to look at or maybe talk about for a second to say like, this is how you kind of look into a slate? Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull up the ESPN right now for Wednesday. Yeah, guys, this is my first time looking at the slate. So I have no research done yet. <laughs> so so while, yeah, I mean, like while you're pulling thing- that up, I know your, your boys, the Miami heat, they're playing the Cavs. Okay. Um, so that's an interesting game. The another good game is the Blazers and the Celtics. The Celtics are nine and a half point home favorites. That's a big game. Um, and then we've got another interesting one, and we can kind of touch on this in a bit, is mm-hmm. Dallas versus the Pelicans, but Dallas is on a back-to-back, and it's a road back-to-back for Dallas. So I'm curious to see maybe if they have some rest guys there, something like that. And then obviously, you know, you have uh, – there's a game between the the Suns and Kev, with Kevin Durant against his old old squad, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, couple couple interesting games there. Uh, any any that might stand out to you? You know, actually, you skipped over one of. I think this is an even more important game. You talk about like motivation factors for both yeah. teams. 
Look at the Atlanta Hawks versus the Washington Wizards. You're right. I mean, these are two teams right now that are both in the play-in tournament. Atlanta, I think, is number eight. Wizards are like number ten. This is a same, very same division too. Yeah, and I think and looking into this matchup, I mean, they've only played one time this season, so there's not too much um, history between these two teams, and they no. haven't played in a while. They're only That's one a- game apart too in the loss column, and they're kind of both teams are pushing, putting a little heat on Miami. Yes, yes. And I'm <laughs> as a Heat fan, I'm very glad that we were able to get back-to-back wins against the Hawks because that's going to come clutch uh, when it really does matter most in the end. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so this Hawks-Wizards game definitely intrigues me. And this is a type of game where I think the starters will get more run than normal. Okay. It's like it's a motivational game. It's a big both- game. Yeah, it's, in, it's an important game too because it's the difference between maybe being in that 7-8 spot where you get two cracks at the apple or being in the 9-10 where you got to win twice to get in. Yeah. This could potentially even be a play-in tournament preview. You're right. you're actually 100% right. You're 100% yeah. right there. Um obviously this is going to be this is kind of an interesting game cuz now Atlanta they have a new coach, they have Quinn Snyder, yep. and I know you have a lot of thoughts about the way that Quinn Snyder has been using uh Clint Capella. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if you think maybe this is a good spot for him against Gafford and Porzingis, uh, just a really interesting backcourt for or front court rather for a variety of different reasons. You know what, uh, Joe? The last time that these two teams played, see, this is a tool I'm using right now is Stat Muse. I okay, use I love Stat Muse. Yeah, yeah, it's, that is one of my most favorite tools I use. I use it every day, honestly. It's free. Yeah. Um, and I just typed in Clint Capella game log versus the Wizards. I mean, this guy is. Definitely scoring. Look, I mean, February 28th, they played. Actually, that was, uh, I mean, that was last week. Um, I mean, he had 13 points and 15 rebounds. Yeah. So definitely like the PR angle. He's a half at plus 100. What is it right now? 10 and a half at plus 100 for Clint 10 and a half points for okay. for so rebounds. I like that. He's at 11 oh. and a half points, 10 and a half rebounds, and double-double is plus 115. That's not bad. Okay. See, I see. That's what I would probably lean right now, the double double. And here's why I say that. Go. Remember what earlier I was talking about buying high and selling low, or buying low and selling high. Yes. Now, if we look at Capella's last two games, he's went up against Bam Adebayo and the Miami Heat in general. It's brutal. Uh, brutal. Are bottom. I mean, they do not really allow points to paint. They play a lot of zone defense. Other shots yeah. are coming from three. So Capella is coming off back-to-back games, um, I mean, in a tough spot. So this is a good, like, buy low from him, I, I think. Um, Dude. I would lean the double-double here, Joe. I love it. I, I'm with you on it, too, actually. I, I just pulled up one of my favorite things to look at, especially with centers, because centers just seems to be the one matchup on the floor where you're like, these guys are going to be pretty close together the whole game. And really the only good way to defend a center is a lot of times with another center. It's like, you can't really throw a guy like uh, DeJounte Murray on Daniel Gafford or like vice versa. Right. So Capella in seven career games against Daniel Gafford. So this is dating back to 2019. So like some of it's a little, little wonky, right? Mm-hmm. Six double doubles out of the seven. Um, and he's and averaging, odds, you're saying, yeah, and he's averaging 14.7 points and 14.1 rebounds 
with with games of he's got two 20 rebound games, two 12 rebound games and a 15 rebound game. So those are some monster games against Gafford. Uh, maybe maybe a little maybe a little alt line on the rebounds even. Uh, I Let me ask you this. Too. Let me ask you this. What is his blocks line set at? Uh, let's take a look. I know his average versus Gafford's been pretty good. His blocks line is at a half, but it's minus 175. Oh, so geez. it might be <laughs> one of those good ones to add in there. You know, it's like if you're doing a same game parlay of some sort where you're like, I want to bet on block. I mean, yeah. throw a block in there or something. I know, I know Monotone loves those defensive ones. So like maybe, maybe that's something we'll talk to him about and see if he wants to get in on that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, his block history is nuts versus versus Gafford. I mean, yeah, like two plus blocks in six of the seven matchups there. And you said it's minus 175 for one block. I mean, yeah, you talk about two leg pieces, you know, earlier on in the podcast. This is a good example. If you yeah. do want to maybe take like, I don't know, eight points in one block or something yeah. like that, or like eight rebounds in one block. Yeah, I I, I really but I do think you're right. I, I really like the double double play. Um, that seems like you're getting a little bit of a discount. You know that he's got seven double-double or six double-doubles in seven games against Gafford. And like you said, it's a really good buy low spot, especially because his minutes have not been bad. Like he still played good good minutes against Miami and he had double-doubles. It's just that that's a tough matchup. So it doesn't feel like that, but he's coming. He's got five straight double-doubles right now. So yeah. he's 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 still playing well. It's just that I feel like it's always like an he's always one of those guys you're like, like, is he good enough? Like, is he gonna get there? But we he, I guarantee you at that 10 rebounds that he had, he had 12 and 10. That probably did not hit a lot of overs for people last game. Okay, so talking about rebounds now, uh a good tool I like to use just for anyone listening, sure. if you still are, um <laughs> is uh is rebound chances. Okay. So, you know, that is something that you can use uh, as far as like if you see someone convert on more than 70 percent of their rebound chances, like maybe there's some negative regression due. But like if we're looking at Clint Capella's rebound chances, I actually I don't have that pulled up, but like well, I'm just no, saying I mean, either general, way, it's fine because you can get that you can get that on NBA.com, right? It's like under yes. their advanced stats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always think that that's like a great tool. And like, you can also do it for potential assists too. So potential it's, assists, it's yeah. almost like your way of saying like, is this a, it's almost like a field goal attempt. I think it's close to that. Cause it talks about like, it, like it, there, if you could find a corollary for those stats, right? Like, I think that's like the quote unquote attempts, if that makes sense. Um, so that's probably the best way to think about it. If you're f- new to that type of tool. Yeah. And I like to, for the potential assist, I want to kind of highlight. Uh, I use that a lot too, just to like for potential, like literally what what it means. So if like Jaden Ivy didn't happen tonight, but just saying in general, if you saw on the box score that he had four assists, and, and um, that's all you saw, so, and you aren't able to watch the game, what yeah. I like to do sometimes is I'll go on the potential assist and say, oh, okay, he actually had ten potential assists. So meaning. He had four actual assists, but he had six that were should have been assists, but they weren't made. So that to me is like, okay, I think he does. I think the assist prop uh, has some room. You know, it definitely was a good look for the next game. Or on the flip side, if it's like he had four assists, but 
but he had five potential. So meaning he was super ultra efficient on the assists. Agreed. Uh, you know, maybe maybe to shy away from that next game, you know, or like take yeah. the under. I think that's a good spot or a good note, especially for guards too, because yeah. centers, I look at that like, except for Jokic, obviously, but like I look at that very differently because with centers, I'm like, these guys just don't really dish that much. But like yeah. if they do and they convert, then I'm like, oh, maybe they're they're like a decent passer. Like they have decent court vision. Um, you know, like we're, I know we're, we're pushing this a little bit longer, but like, I like the Capella double, double. Um, I know you do too. And we'll probably, we'll, we'll save that nugget at the end of this podcast, but I'm sure we'll, we'll put it out there on the Twitter sphere tomorrow. Um, is there any other game that you want to maybe dive into or like, just kind of look at or give an instant read on real quick? Okay. Um, let's see. I guess we can do uh, the Heat Cavs game. Yeah, we got a good amount of props in that game, honestly. Oh, we do. Okay, they're available. I'm not. Yeah, on DraftKings has a bunch available right now. Um, so we're guys, we're like a little bit at the mercy of the books recording at this time. But you guys know how the prop market is. Like, it's a little bit tough to find lines like just anywhere in advance, right? Um, But I think this is their first. I think this is their first. Is this their first matchup this season? Um. Or no, they played in January. They did play in January. So, but I think Donovan Mitchell did not play in that game. So that's something. Oh no, I'm lying. Oh, that's Second matchup. Too. Second matchup this year. Go for it. Another thing too, with looking at box scores and everything, you'll see you have to really pay attention to who was in the starting lineup when they were playing. So, like if you're like, oh, you know, Donovan Mitchell scores 40 points. He scored 40 points against the South. I'm just making this up. Like, no, yeah. He scored- 40 points against the Celtics. So he's got to do it again. But then it's like, oh, well, he scored 40 points because uh, Garland was out. So it's like you have to really understand like the situation and like the the factors going into the game and what happened. But uh, for this Cavs uh, heat game, I mean, for the most part, I would say, yeah, I mean, all the all the starters played. Yeah, the uh, only guy that only played one game, I think, is Butler only played one game. Um, he only played on January 31st, but I think what one, one prop that I'm definitely, definitely like looking at, and I'm just like, this is surprising was what is it? Donovan Mitchell isn't even close in his two matchups versus Miami on his points line points lines, 26 and a half. Um, and that's a number he has hit in seven of his last 10 games versus Miami. He's got 13 and 16 in two matchups. And those were both alongside uh, Darius Garland, both alongside of Evan Mobley. And I believe both alongside of Jared Allen as well. So like they were pretty intact for those matchups where he was not scoring. Um, Any thoughts about that? I actually, um, I do really dig that. And the thing, the, the good thing about the Miami heat is that Bam Adebayo is there and he's very versatile is a very versatile defender yeah and a lot of the times you'll actually see him I mean help help defense wise on on these perimeter guys like Donovan Mitchell so um and just in general the Miami Heat they aren't allowing that many points per game um and play at a very slow pace yes and it's, I think it's interesting too. And it, it, I'm looking at his props.cash chart, which is always hilarious because of the one like 70 point performance that he has. But yeah, he just had a 40 point game. So when we talk about buying low, selling high, like whatever, like this is a great, in my opinion, I think it's a great sell high opportunity. Donovan Mitchell 
seven out of the last 10 games. He's gone over coming off a 40 point game against the Boston Celtics and that overtime win. Like this seems like a great sell spot of Donovan Mitchell where the Cavs are pretty healthy. Um, they're playing a Miami heat team that's stingy plays slow and has given Mitchell some trouble uh, over the past, over the past year. And even dating back to last year, He's only gone over this, and that was obviously a different team, different scenario. He had one mm. 37-point game, but otherwise he was he had 22. So his last three games are 22, 13, and 16 against Miami. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. Um, I will say uh, this could be a potential Kevin Love a revenge game. Wow, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And I kind of was like storing in the back burner, uh, the Kevin Love game. So, you know, maybe some three-pointers made, although the Cavs are, I think, like They're bottom pretty stingy. Five. They're pretty yeah, stingy yeah. with threes. So, um, all right. Well, it's awesome that we got to kind of break down the slate, and I appreciate you, like, coming on and talking about, like, what, Absolutely, man. some of your stuff and whatever. But before we get going, we always do one thing, and we, we always make one recommendation to the listeners. Like, we each make a recommendation. So this is where I have to bring in producer Corey mm. and ask him, hey, how you doing? producer core i don't want to talk right now why what happened oh our devils they lost in the saddest fashion oh god fuck toronto fuck drake fuck the maple leaves fuck austin you were yelling earlier man (laughs) that was probably the goal that's bad producer i didn't mute myself no (laughs) um Um, what do you what do you got for us this week what do you got for us this week uh let's see besides daniel jones never go to bar a during a holiday oh you went for st patrick's day terrible oh my god why did you do absolutely that absolutely terrible man? cash i haven't only. done that since co- like since... fucking rocks cash only it was cash only what are you doing yeah <laughs> and there was a line for the atm that was longer than the bathroom lines that's impressive did you did you pee on the atm I should fucking should have. <laughs> that was like the most painfully sober St. Patrick's Day parade I've ever been to. Prop, how <laughs> how much cash do you have on you just at any given point in time? Do you ever carry cash? I carry cash. I carry cash with me. I think it's important. <laughs> There's a five dollar bill in my wallet. That's it. You can, you can pay for your cover to the bathroom. <laughs> nope, that was twenty. Dude, I like I used to carry more cash, and then. I've just kind of gotten to the point where I'm just like some if I if I'm going out to like do something, I'll carry cash. But like I stopped carrying it to work. I stopped because then like if somebody's trying to sell me their like kids chocolate <laughs> bars, I can say no. I, I don't have cash, man. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. Like, have I, you I, encountered I can... a homeless guy with the cash app yet? Because I have there. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, did yeah. you feel did would you <laughs> did you feel obligated to give him money when he was like, yo, I got cash app, though? I just kept walking. Oh, okay. I, I, I Damn, he hit you with like that. I didn't <laughs> even know what to say. I just kept that's walking. A, that's like the ultimate Uno, like reverse. Yeah, because <laughs> right. like he could have just followed me, and I would have had to pay him at some point. Yeah, like be like, or what? Like I don't believe in this. No. Yeah, that's not so, gonna fucking work. Is recommendation number one of the week Cash App for homeless people? Yeah, if you're homeless and listening to this, get the Cash App uh, and find <laughs> me because I'll probably pay you. Um, if you, if you, if you're homeless. And you rate and review the podcast. We will send you some a couple. I'll give bills. you five bucks, maybe ten. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you Corey's together. five dollars in cash. 
Yeah. Um, nah, fuck. Oh, yeah. No, the reason why I don't carry cash on me anymore is because I'm like, you ever have one of those intrusive thoughts that you think is never going to happen to you but might might happen and you want to be ready for it? No. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day I get stuck up and I got no cash. What are you going to do, dude? You're like, I, a don't woman. I don't know. Happy well, Women's Month. Imagine imagine trying to cash app somebody as they're like trying to mug you. I would be fumbling the ball. Like there's no way that would happen. <laughs> Literally fumbling back. Yeah, if you make me nervous and like I wince and like my face ID doesn't work, we all look stupid. So don't do that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I wait for that day. Someone's gonna roll on me and try to kick the shit out of me for what? You want that five dollar bill? You wanna Maybe. see prosecutor Joe because you stole this five dollar bill from me? Knock yourself out. <laughs> Hey, I'll get them. I'll get them. So, but what do you have to recommend for us besides cash or something? <laughs> Fucking, it's St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy it. Do you want to hang out this weekend? Drink some no. beers. No. Damn. It. I need a weekend off. Oh, hate that. Hate that. Yeah. I'm reloading right. for next weekend. Oh, fair. Fair. So gotta you're. Prime, gotta prime the chamber. That's actually year. crazy though. Like it's we're at St. Patrick's Day. Like does this it's kind of like time time's kind of flying by, no? It's yeah, it's because it hasn't snowed all year. D- dude, I woke up this morning. I can't relate. Snow. Yeah, I look yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what <laughs> snow is. You can't relate. <laughs> yeah, Joe, um, would you have a dusting? It's gone by now. Relax. Yeah, we did dusting. You're not in the fucking tundra. Relax. Hey, I walked out this morning and I was like, oh, there's snow. I I was I was put I had okay. to go get did my briefcase. Did you clear your car? No, you didn't. No, I work from home today. So I had to get oh. I had to get my briefcase out of my car though to get my laptop to start working. And I was Let's going not out leave my... that in your car and tell people on a podcast. Uh, if somebody <laughs> steals my files, please steal my files. <laughs> like please just take all these problems away from me. If I brought it home, it's a problem. So like please just take it from me. Um, but I was wearing my Birkenstocks and it was just not Why does that not fucking weather. that that makes sense? It wasn't Birkenstock weather. So that was the no point. No shit, dumbass. What <laughs> what are you I, it didn't snow. It doesn't mean you should just whip out the Birkenstocks to go get shit. <laughs> well, it's close. It was like I was like, oh, oh so like, you didn't want to walk outside in your socks? Well, I couldn't find my crocs. So <laughs> oh, what is that? The all-weather Birkenstock, the croc? Birkenstocks. They're right there. But even Jesus what is Birkenstock? Christ. What is that? Dude, they're like some crunchy they're... white people shit. Yeah, and I'm like I can only wear a one shoe at a time. Um, but they are they're like the most like heavy duty sandal of all time. Got so okay. definitely definitely take a look. It might be good for the warm weather. But yeah, is that gonna be uh, your fucking recommendation? Birkenstocks? No, my recommendation of Thank the week God. is um it's actually going to be to I ordered a couple new hats actually. So like I always wear the I wear this one a lot. Um I ordered a couple new hats. It's kind of that time of the year where I feel like you're like, well, like I kind of need like a new hat because like, I'm not going to wear a wool hat. Like I need to get like another baseball hat or something. All my hats from last summer smell like shit. Yeah. Like the hats smell like shit. Like you can't really wash them. Like I've done the stripping them thing where you throw them in the tub with the borax and the laundry detergent and all that stuff. It works. $25 new hat. Dude, there's only so much you can do with that. So, uh, I got a couple new hats. That was, that was a great experience. And um, I've been buying a lot of strawberries lately. Um, they've been very, I don't know. They've been How really... much money are you actually making? Well, no, I got them at Costco. So They're like second to Costco. eggs and the most expensive fucking food you could buy right now. See, funny thing you say that. Um, eggs, what I realized is that 
if you buy like the cheap eggs, those are the ones that have gone up in price because like the I'm an egglin's free... best guy. Yeah, so like that's the thing. I mm-hmm. like those too. No change. But no change. The, the cage free bullshit, like the free range, whatever. Those are so yolk. expensive. They can't make them more expensive. So like those are just the same price. So I'm like. This is a great deal. I'm getting this. We're having. A, we're beef. finally having our day, Joe. <laughs> I'm, I'm Those chickens have finally it. come home to roost on their expensive fi- ass eggs. I can finally afford the relative fifty cent markup for the cage free, like free range natural chicken with like medium with medium medium size eggs that I need like eight of to get anything in my biceps. And then it's just like this is just all it is. So I was wondering when we were going to get to that. We haven't talked so, about any of your muscles in weeks. Hey, I've been wearing hoodies. So, <laughs> so, so props. Getting warm out. You, you see how these recommendations go. Do you have a recommendation for the listeners? I, can I just be like, can I just have like a serious recommendation? Just it like, be anything. yeah. I'll just be like, don't let your days get decided by other players. That That's, that's the bottom line. Like, do have an eventful day, but when you're making these bets and, Win or loss, do not let it be decided by other players. That's, that's it. That's a perfect. That's a that perfect made me feel recommendation. Better. It's a perfect I recommendation. Like four props today on that Devils game. Yeah. So you know, I think that's excellent advice. Fuck and... you, Joe. <laughs> excellent. It's excellent advice. And every day, you just got to get out there. It's us against the books. It doesn't matter what these players do. What everybody else says. All you got to do is keep on keeping on and let's cash that. There we go. <laughs> what a fucking poster that was. <laughs> Jesus. I was wondering when you were going to land that plane. That'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs>
Chapter.